Hello and welcome to the latest episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed and joining me is fellow PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon. Let's bring Mark in here. So we we are actually recording on Sunday, August 21st, during PSG's match against Lille. The players are actually walking out on the field right now. Mark, uh, we let the season get rolling a little bit before recording our first podcast for the actual season. And boy, have things heated up recently. Uh, On the pitch, PSG are pretty much perfect. They've been smashing in goals left and right. They're top of the table. Uh, Off the pitch, though, a bit of drama. We have a few things we need to discuss. Um, We're going to get to all of that, penalty gate, all that good stuff. But first, let's check in with Mark. How are things on your end? How you been? Things have been going pretty well. I mean, this is, on the field, has been a really good start to the Christophe Galtier, Luis Campos, PSG era, I think. Transfer-wise, they're off to a good start. I mean, we've got some outgoings recently, and... It seems like things are starting to get uh, put into place there. But as always, you know, the classic, uh, if you're familiar with The Simpsons, when Sideshow Bob would have his evil plots and he'd step on the rake and get hit in the face, that, that that's sort of where we are with the off-the-field PSG stuff. It's the, it is. It's the, it's the – PSG always have these Sideshow Bob moments. And this was – at least for this week, just a completely un, you know, what, what's, what do they call them in tennis? Unenforced errors. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, uh, they can't help themselves. I, for whatever reason, this club can't help itself, but do this stupid, this, you know, when everything is going well, they just have to do something stupid to take the attention away from it. Well, we gotta we gotta it's set it up a little it's bit. Frustrating. It, it really is. You just you just want to watch a normal. Well, I don't know if you just saw that, but that was pretty fun. No, uh, I missed it. I was uh, doing a little bit of producing here within ten seconds of the of the game starting. Ah, see, I'm on a little bit of a delay, so uh, Mark is oh, going to be going to love this. I, I mean, this for all the stuff. You know, again, off the field, it's been terrible. On the field, though, I mean, that was insane. That was just the way that was worked. It's just that, that. a beautiful goal. I mean, and it was Killian Mbappe scoring the goal. Everyone's happy. <laughs> just, again, I, how did you not see that? Did that I, I, I saw it now. It, that was one of the dumbest goals I've ever, like, 10 seconds. It, like, they literally kicked it off. It was one pass, two pass, three pass. Goal. I mean, but that's a hell of a goal. That's a that's a messy assist right there. That's just that that they worked that on the training ground. That was a that was a they put that play in during the week or during the couple weeks, and they and they waited for this game to pull that out. That was that was pretty special. But um, where where do you want to go first with this? Because yeah, there's a lot you can talk about, and a lot of it's pretty positive. Absolutely. Let's get into that. So I got to set a little bit of the background of what's going on, just in case you've been living under a rock and you may not know. So Penalty Gate 2.0, um, it all kicked off really against Montpellier last week. So PSG won a penalty in the first half, and Mbappe stepped up to take it. The goalkeeper made an amazing save. It was it was more of a save than it was Mbappe just having a, a crappy penalty. Um, so he missed that. But then in the second half, PSG won another penalty. I think it was a handball or something. This time, Neymar stepped up and finished it like he always does, calm and cool. So then after that moment, Mbappe had kind of looked like a little irritated the whole game anyway. It was his first game back. But after that, it just looked like someone stole his lunch. I mean, he was moping around. I saw a clip of him like walking on the pitch when he didn't get a pass when he wanted to. 
it just was a really bad look. People on Twitter were talking about it. Um, and then after the game came reports that apparently Neymar had found out that Mbappe was trying to get him off the team. There was some social media. Neymar had liked some tweets that alluded to that. Um, and, and it's also been you know speculated that during negotiations, Mbappe made it known that he wanted to be the clear number one when it came to taking penalties. Whether or not that's in his contract, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's been reported by anyone who has seen it. But that's the speculation is that he, he wanted to be the number one. Um, so now, before the Lille match, which is two minutes in now, um, Christophe Gaultier, the new manager, had to come out and say that Mbappe is the first choice when it comes to taking penalties. So Mark, I want to ask you, what do you make of all of this? Whose side are you on? And do you think this whole thing is being blown out of proportion? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot involved in that. It's not really being blown out of proportion because PSG is allowing this to be an issue. And I think Kylian Mbappe being silent about all of this has allowed this to become an issue where it really shouldn't have been an issue. And that's where I talk about, you know, Sideshow Bob stepping on the rake. Because this could have been easily dealt with, and it hasn't been. And now, when you allow the French media and the media in Europe to run wild with a story like this, it takes away from all the good things that you're doing. And it frustrates the fan base because, honestly, I don't care who takes the penalties in most situations. I really don't. Like, in most of the games PSG are going to play, they're going to be winning and they're going to be in control. And there's going to be very few high leverage penalty situations. And for the most part, when you're talking about, a, you know, a team that's as good as PSG is, the penalties are really more low leverage stat padding situations rather than sort of high pressure, this kick is going to decide the game kind of situations. So the idea that just in a vacuum that Kylian Mbappe is going to be the, and, and I, I still don't think this has been particularly explained well by anyone. Is it that he's going to be the, the person who takes all of the penalties? Cause that doesn't seem to make sense. That, that doesn't really happen in, um, that doesn't really happen. Or does it mean that he's going to be the first one to take the penalties? And then if there's a second penalty, someone else is going to take it. And was Neymar sort of confused about how that whole arrangement is supposed to work? Like, I think there, there's this has been sort of badly explained, and I really wish, like, Galche would maybe explain it a little better, maybe a little simpler, maybe use, like, a PowerPoint or cue cards or, you know, some way to, you know, to get the media to understand exactly what's going on here. But, like... Most, again, and I'll say this, most penalties are not high leverage. I think this is going to become a problem in a Champions League match where the penalties are actually an important penalty that needs to be scored, and Mbappe takes it and he misses. And I think when that happens, I think all of this, I think the light's going to go on in Kylian Mbappe's head. And I think he's going to understand that yeah, you can take penalties against Montpellier or take penalties against, you know, some of these league gun teams. But when the penalty actually needs to be scored, he's probably the third best option to take him. If that, like Neymar is just a better penalty taker. Sergio Ramos is probably a better penalty taker than Mbappe. Mbappe, he still hasn't taken a bunch of them. So the sample size isn't totally huge. But he's had some pretty high-profile misses, and I think that has sort of clouded people on this because, you know, the, the one big penalty he had against Switzerland in the European Championships, he missed it. But he It was a terrible penalty. It was just for a guy of his quality, it was just a terrible penalty. And I think... For his, I think, for his sake, I think he wants to get better at him, and I think he knows that if he wants to score the kind of goals that he wants to score, that he's going to need to be the person taking the penalties. Ooh, no, you make a lot of good points. Um, 
I, I'm like you. I don't think this is being blown out of proportion. Um, what I will say is that when it comes to penalties, you should never miss them. You think about where you're standing. It's, it's complete luck if the goalkeeper is able to save it. So the fact that Mbappe has missed so many high-profile ones, I mean, he missed the one against Montpellier, you mentioned the one with France, it's mental. If you're missing them, if you're a player of Mbappe's quality and you're missing them on this kind of consistent basis, it's mental. And I think that Neymar doesn't have that block. And so I think what metric is Gaultier using when he makes this decision to go with Mbappe over Neymar? There is no metric. Everything indicates it should be Neymar. He's mentally strong. He's got good form. He's got this little stutter step. He knows what he's doing. It's quick and easy, and it's always a goal, almost always. Probably he's over 90% with uh, penalty kicks, whereas Mbappe, like you said, he's probably well, probably third I, or fourth I have team. looked at the I have looked at the numbers. Okay. So... so Again, the numbers are very skewed because Neymar has taken infinitely more penalties than Mbappe has. Mbappe is 20 for 25, which puts him at 80%. Neymar is 71 for 86, which puts him at 83-ish percent. So that there's those numbers. But also you look at the um, recent history. Neymar has only missed three penalties as a PSG player over the course of the last three, four years. So he's he's actually gotten better at them as he's gotten older as a player. Like, he hasn't missed a bunch recently. And you would actually assume that Kylian Mbappe would get better at taking penalties the more he took them too. That just seems like the the more you do it, the, the better you get at it. Like, that, uh, that just seems like a logical thing. And... If the club view him as their number one player, it's not completely unreasonable to say that he should, you know, that he should be number one in the order if he's considered the best player on the team. There's Ooh. something to that. The problem, though, is when you miss them, I don't think anyone thought twice about it when Mbappe went to the spot to take the penalty against Montpellier the first time. I don't think this was on anyone's radar, right? Like I was, I didn't really think, Oh, this is weird that Killian Mbappe is taking the penalty. I didn't think twice about it, but once no. you start missing them and then you ask to take the second one off of a guy who you know is going to make it, I, I think that's where it starts to get that's where it starts to get tricky. And then when you see the way he acted during the game, where he just seemed to be having a bad day, like and I'll just say, by the way, the first ten minutes of this game have been wild. Like no yeah. one is playing any any but any like it's just high pressing. It's Leal have been actually really good. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this game. I knew Leo would be a good test. I mean, this isn't the strongest Leo side that we've seen, but they've got some quality out there. Um, I, this no, will be a really fun game. Chances out of it, PSG have gotten some chances. It's been a pretty pretty good match so far. Well, but, yeah, go ahead. Besides, besides that, you know, Killian's going to have to prove that he can make these. You know, and he's going to if he's going to take him in a big match. And also remember, he missed the penalty against. I think it was Red was against RB Leipzig last year, right? I'm trying to remember when it was. It was a, the, the game where Neymar was out in the Champions League, and it was him and Messi, and Mbappe took the penalty and he missed it. It was a game in, I think, October last year in one of those Champions League matches where that happened. I just yeah. don't remember which one it was. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look for it. Anyway, just, look uh, finish, at trans- your there's, a, there's a website that gives you the penalty. Like, who's, like I think it's Transfer Market or something that gives you the, the list of the penalties, but... Um, you can find the stats or you can find those stats out, but like, I, I just think that these things can be solved if people communicate and not leave it to the media to just run with all the stories. Like they just need to stop, like PSG have to take control of their own narrative at some point and stop allowing, I know, I know it's not the Qatari way, but 
like you you have to be communicative and and say your side of the story and lay it out and go you know this is this is what it is everyone's going to deal with it and you know we'll we'll move on i don't think this is going to be something that sinks their season like i i don't see it you know i don't see it like that this is sort of like the one with Cavani and Neymar a bunch of years back. I, I don't see it being this, it'll be a story for a few weeks, but it's not going to be, you know, something that ultimately, you know, this isn't breaking up the Beatles. Like this is, this is just stuff that happens and adults deal with it. And I'm sure internally they, they've, they're, they're, they're handling it the way they handle it. It's just, I hate to see, all the good work this club is doing getting overshadowed and it's so easy because PSG are always that easy target and they're never going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're never going to be in a situation where the media go, you know, it's not like in Spain where Real Madrid and Barcelona have their own newspapers basically that give their side of the story constantly and, you know, are nice to them. Like they, they have to, they're always constantly on the defensive. So you can't allow this stuff to just grow into something. And, and I said this on Twitter and I do, and I do believe this is what I believe. I do not believe that Kylian Mbappe is vain enough to write that into his contract. I don't believe that at all. I don't Because either. that would be, I would lose a lot of respect for somebody who did that. I really would. Because you know what okay you wrote into your contract that you get to take penalties like how like babyish is that like how 1970s rock star is that where you have to say that i have the i only get the green m&ms in the bowl yeah the mariah carey uh list of demands when she performs i have only red m&ms or something yeah, it's ridiculous. And there's no way that any self-respecting person, any self-respecting athlete would write that into their contract. It's too cliche even for, it's too cliche even for like, even like a Ronaldo to write that into his contract. Like Ronaldo wouldn't even write that in his contract. And he's maybe one of the, and I don't even say this as an insult, he may be one of the most selfish athletes in, in soccer history. But, you know, it's a good thing sometimes to be selfish, not all the time, not when your skills are diminishing, but some, at some points it's a good, it's a good thing, but you have to, you have, you have to, I think you have to give Mbappe the credit here that he wouldn't be that dumb. And I just want someone to come out and say, look, it was not written into the contract. That's, 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 that's ridiculous. But he was given an assurance, which is there's a difference between something being written in a contract and PSG going, oh, yeah, we'll let you take, you know, we'll let you be the primary penalty taker. Like, there, you know what I'm saying? There's, it's, some people would say it's a distinction without a difference, but I do think there's a difference between Killian going, hey, if I'm going to be the highest paid player on the team, if I'm going to be the person you build around, let me be the person to take the penalties. There's a difference between that and going <laughs> write it into my contract. And and I don't have to earn it. And I think that's where Mbappe is going to be in a little bit of trouble. Um, this is a lot of pressure that he's now added to himself. I would say unnecessarily that, okay, you yeah. want to be the clear number one. Every single time you miss, it's going to be a giant magnifying glass on you and people are going to be critical. And because to your point about the media, they don't care, especially over here in, in the United States. They don't care about PSG and Lille. They're looking for the drama. And unfortunately, PSG are all too willing to give them that drama. Are we going to get a goal here from Messi? We did. Uh, it's going to get called. Uh, it's offsides. Um, so, you know, PSG are more than willing to give the Craig Burleys of the world, a uh, friend of the pod, this drama to talk about. Does he still have a job? I think so. I think so. But, um, yeah, on ESPN FC. So, but here's what I want to say. And I was kind of talking with Ty on uh, 24th and Park. I think that's, um, I think he's on running that account, but on Twitter, he was, I was making the point that if, if this was written in or if Mbappe made it clear that he was going to be the number one 
And in that game against Montpellier, if if Neymar knew this, it was told, hey, Mbappe is the number one, step back. And he still took the ball and took that penalty. What what do you do about that? That is a um, clear, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but he just disregarded what he was told by management, by the manager, and still took that penalty. It pissed off Mbappe and created all of this. Do you think there needs to be any sort of punishment? Do you think Mbappe no. is trying to get him sent out of the club? No, no. He he ignored a direct order. If you were if you were to believe that, there's no direct. But they didn't get everyone in the locker room together and go. Killing Mbappe is the only person who ever gets to take a penalty. How like, do we know that? I, I I think there was. I think there was. I think no, they. they I, I don't buy that. I I don't think any any club would put themselves in that situation. Like, he's the only guy on the whole team that gets to take a penalty. If Mbappe's on the pitch and he's healthy, he's taking the penalties. Well, well, I think what was said, but that's not how it's ever worked. Like, I don't know a club that does that. Like, most clubs, what they do is there's a primary penalty take. Okay, most of the time, you don't take four penalties a game, right? Most, unless... Most of the time, you take one, maybe two, the whole the whole game. It's not a it's not a common occurrence in a, in a in a in a match, right? Like, so you think of it like that. So, who's the primary guy? I think what was said, and I think this is sort of the interpretation of this, which is when you say primary penalty taker, I think that means who gets to take the first penalty which most likely means who gets to take the one penalty that there is going to be in the match, right? Because you're not expecting there to be two or three penalties. So if there's another penalty that gets taken, I think at that point, someone else takes it. And I think that's how Neymar interpreted it. I and think that's, that's a convenient interpretation. You're in a 4 nothing game and somebody commits a penalty and you have to why would Kylian Mbappe even want that kind of garbage time goal? Like, this is this is a guy that screamed at Thomas Tuchel in like a six nil game a couple seasons ago, and was taken out in the in the eighty fifth minute, and he like was yelling and looked like he was pissed off because he was being subbed out. Mbappe, this is how he is. He wants to score every goal. He wants to play every minute. Neymar knows this. He didn't just get here. Yeah, no, I get that. That's that's logical. But but my my point is, I don't think. It's a big federal case that Neymar, you know, after Mbappe missed a penalty in in that in that situation, that that Neymar would go and take the penalty. I don't see that as like a fireable offense. I don't see that as something you don't. With all this going on, with all this tension, with and I wouldn't even call it a lot of tension, but with this whatever tension there is, if you're PSG, you're going to punish Neymar for going against. Killing Mbappe. I mean, half the media already thinks Killing Mbappe runs the team. So, what message would that send? Seriously, do you, do you think Mbappe wanted him off the team? As has been reported slash speculated. I don't know if there's any, you know, sound reporting on this, but I well, can no, see a I, world where Mbappe I, I wants Neymar. The, I think off. the reporting, and this is what I believe, which is he didn't really, he wasn't going out of his way to make sure he was off the team. But if PSG sold him, I don't think. Ne- Mbappe would have been devastated. I don't think they're like, I think they're like friends in the sense that they're teammates and they're friends on the field and in the locker room. I don't think they hang out in the same social circles or anything. Like, I don't think they're, you know, Killian's not going to be Lord knows the best man at Neymar's wedding. I don't see them having that kind of relationship. But, But see, Neymar would know this. He would know this. I think just with the inner workings and such, and so that's why. Oh, there's another penalty. Let me go ahead and take this and and make Killian a little bit upset. He's not going to defend me. He doesn't really want to fight for me to be at this club. I'll go. I'll show him. I'll take this penalty and I'll score, and then we'll see how he likes that. But it, this, this is friction. all. But, but but I'm watching the game right now. On that uh, in that situation, Killian Mbappe passed and like they're passing to each other. They're trying to get each other involved in the offense. We've had two times now where Killian has given up chances to give him to, you know, give goal and scoring opportunities to Neymar. This isn't like it's affecting them on the field in the performance. Like PSG are playing really well right now. Like they're they're generating chances. 
Like defensively, it's been a little rougher than the other games, but Lille's a bit of a better team, so you know. Yeah, it was a nice little give and go between Mbappe and Neymar. I see what you're talking yeah. about. Um, like they're not yeah. they're not freezing each other out. There isn't. I don't think it's at that point where these. But I think this is just a lingering tension, and I and I put this on Twitter too. This is the first time ever where the three sort of stars of the three favorites to win the World Cup are on the same team. This is, un, you know, this is like unprecedented. So these are three highly competitive players. Two of them have never won a World Cup. I think Neymar wants to win the World Cup more than anything else in the world. I think Messi would really, really, really like to win this World Cup to sort of cement himself as the greatest player of all time, whether he needs it or not. But, and Mbappe would sure like to win a second. Let, let me ask you for Messi. What's more important to his legacy? Winning the uh, Champions League first time for PSG, his second team you'd have won it, or a World Cup with Argentina? World Pro- Cup. Probably man. the World Cup, yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. The, the, World, the World Cup is the thing. That's the last thing he has to do. Winning it for P- winning the Champions League for PSG is not nothing. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be a big deal, but it, yeah. it, I, it wouldn't be the thing. The yeah. thing would be he has to do what Maradona did. That's the that's the that's the that's the last sort of legacy thing he has to do in his career. I don't know. And if that, he can do that, then he can you know he you know he doesn't have to retire, but mm-hmm. he could basically retire and be the greatest of all time, and no one would question it. Easier to win the World Cup or easier to win the Champions League? Oh, um, I think because I think it's easier to win a World Cup. You have more it's easier to win a World Cup. I think so it, too. No, just just by just by the format, it's easier to win it. Exactly. It's not it's not easy, but no. it's probably easier than winning three knockout stages and a lot more travel. You're you know you have your... oh god oh <laughs> this, oh this damn delay. The, no, the feed's got to get all the way over to my time zone. Yeah, out in, out in Utah. But PSG are carving this team up, man. That was just... <laughs> sometimes sometimes Mbappe just doesn't settle the ball right. Yeah. So, like, the ball will pull him out, and then he just can't get the angle. Was that a Neymar to Mbappe? Yes, it was. Oh. They're... Yeah, they just... he, he, he His touch took him too wide. Yeah. So he couldn't get the angle right. That was about... Uh... About halfway of the pitch, Neymar just played a beautiful through pass to Mbappe. Oh, they're, 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 they are really good. Like, I think we're we're now four games in, including mm-hmm. the Trophy des Champions. Yeah, let's transition to a little bit of on the pitch as we yeah, wrap up here. Feel because the, this team's really fucking good. <laughs> yes. Like, this is the best PSG team I've ever watched. Like, they, 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 are, they are just... Like, those three are dominating right now. Like, with Hakimi, with Nuno Mendes, that sort of attacking three, that, that sort of attacking group, and I'll put those those fullbacks in there, with Verratti, with Vitinha, it's, a, it's as well-constructed, and the players seem to know what to do now. Like... You know, comparing this to what it looked like last year, where they didn't look like they could, you know, it didn't look like they could walk and chew gum at the same time with the way they were trying to run their offense. That's the Pochettino ball, who is still currently unemployed. And maybe that Manchester United job will open up soon for him. Who knows? Uh, uh, I, I would still <laughs> probably take Ten Hag at that point because it Pochettino needs to take like three years off and, and sort of, I think... I, I mean, think I, I think, think he's going to go to Alabama and go to Nick Saban and, and rehab, and that's right. Yeah, now. I, 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 for the for the four people that got that joke, that's uh, that was that was that was pretty funny. Our friend say. James T got it. That's all that matters. The, yeah, but no, I I think it's pretty clear not to labor on this, but Pochettino didn't understand how sort of football has evolved. Yeah, I, I think like Galtier understands it, and I think like. I think if there's ever a, an example to, to show you how much luck oh. is involved in the, uh, if there's ever a, the, an example to show how much luck is involved in winning the Champions League or getting to a final, Pochettino got to a final with Spurs. So, yeah. 
Yeah, he had a horseshoe up his ass for that one. All right, so here we go. I'm on a delay. Looks like PSG building up from the back here. Let's see. Is that Messi to Mbappe? Back to Messi. Onto the wing to Mendes. Messi. Oh, I don't know if he meant to do that, but it's a goal for PSG. Goal for no, Messi. That. that was that was totally meant to do that. That's a, that's a pullback, and then he just puts it right in the corner. I mean, they are they are running rough shot over this yes. Like this, this is this is cool. This is pretty neat. I, I, I. So we've had Mbappe score. We've had Messi score. But this is the point, though. Why do we need this stupid <laughs> penalty gate nonsense? This team is dominant. This team is really good. Like, we'll see how it translates to the Champions League, but it's so far, like... Yeah, that was a brilliant move. Messi, so much different than he was last season. Last year, it seemed like he couldn't score. He would just hit the, the crossbar. Uh, but he's in here assisting and scoring goals. Neymar is looking great. Maybe they just get bored. Maybe they're like, hey, let's just create some drama and get our, you know, engagement on social media up or something. Who, who knows? But they are, I mean, Leo is supposed to be one of the better sides in League 1, and they are just carving them up like a Thanksgiving turkey. I mean, it is, it's been all PSG. Leo, you know, flashes here and there, but it's been all PSG. Um, they play Monaco next week, I believe. I have to double check that, but that'll be another good test. But. Gaultier, he, he's the master of the French League. I don't see anyone even coming close to PSG this season. It's all about the Champions League um, and whether or not they can win it. And it comes yeah. down to luck. But Like, this will at least be, you know, they actually won the league last year, but it didn't really, you know, feel, feel like, like it, it was much of an accomplishment. Like, you know, there was that thing that came out that they were going to try to win every league on game, and it's like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that should be, like, the explicit goal. But, like... This team could go and win like 30 of the, you know, 34, 35 of the games. Like I could see that if they keep, the, if they can stay healthy. There's, also, I just will say this. Lille are not playing this smartly right now. Like the way PSG are going, you really don't want to keep giving them this kind of space to, to, to operate. Like you kind of have to shut the, the thing down a little and try to counter and stuff because this is not going to. This is not going to work. Anytime you let a goal in in the opening 10 seconds, it's probably going to be a long day for you. Um, yeah, so... Good Lord. I mean, good Lord. Is it as simple as the three at the back? Is it having Ramos healthy yeah. back in the squad? What is the main Ramos thing? Made, Ramos has made a huge difference. Because last year, they should have they were in the wrong formation the whole year last year. They should have been in a back three. Because... When you have Hakimi and you have Mendez, you have to allow those guys to play. You have to allow those guys to play forward and attack. You can't have those guys pinned in their own end playing defense. That's just not going to work. And it doesn't. And what it does is it forces Messi to play wider. It forces Neymar to play wider. And what this is allowing to happen is it's allowing PSG to put more attacking options in the middle of the field centrally and not have and be able to drive the play that way so they're working inside out to in as opposed to out you know as opposed to just working outside in where you're just trying to put balls in the box and stuff it's like and i mean unless pochettino is just a total idiot i mean he had to know that but i think it's just the idea of playing tilo care or abdu diallo and playing a back three without Sergio Ramos there to sort of, you know, glue it all together. I think that was sort of the problem. And I think having Ramos out really did hurt what they, the sort of options that they had. And now if Ramos can stay healthy, and even if Ramos isn't healthy all the time, you have somebody like, Nord Mukiele, who's a better option than Carer, who you can put as a center back and still stay in a back three in a reasonable way. So I think making those smart personnel moves and making that upgrade, you're not going to see it right away, but Mukiele allows you to stay in a back three. 
And if Kimpembe's hurt, you can put Diallo out there as a as somebody who can play in a back three. Diallo's a good back three center back. Um, yeah, there's – and I think Rest Ham learned today that Kilo Kerr is not going to be good in a back four. <laughs> that where he, that's where he ended up, West Ham? Yeah, and he, he, his first start, he, he took a penalty. Oof. He's a good enough guy. I wish him well at, at guy, West Ham. But it's like, I, I think thinking that you're going to be able to have a back three with Tilo Carrer in it, I think they was just very much pause in, in doing that. So, like, personnel-wise, you, ro- you look at this roster now, and it has a, a, a quality level of depth that a younger quality level of depth and you can somebody like Renato Sanchez fits better in than a Paredes. He just does. He fits better for what they're trying to do because Sanchez can make runs. Paredes doesn't make runs. Paredes just sort of sits in the middle of the field and tries to pick passes, which is fine, but you, you, you don't want, somebody who's just immobile. Whereas Vitinha is all over the pitch. I I mentioned last week, he's like, was going box to box. He is everywhere, tracking back, getting forward, getting involved. I I like what I've seen so far from him. Well, because he's better defensively than I thought he'd be. Like he covers more ground. What I, what he's, but he's done so well though, is he's, he's giving you sort of, Adrisa Gay level work work rate in the in the midfield, but he's not. Um, he he's he can actually pass and dribble and do like the other stuff, like. And you you look at what Renato Sanchez can do, and you look at the just the positional upgrades. You go from Viti, you go from Gay to Vitinha, who's again Vitinha's can give you – he's not as physically dominant. He doesn't have he, – he's not going to be someone who's going to, you know, tackle you off the ball continuously. But what he can do is he can cover ground. He can get in front of you and he can make plays out of the midfield and he can relieve the pressure. So you upgrade in that position. Sanchez becomes a better version of Wijnaldum, who PSG needed – wanted to have because, again, he was he was really good for Liverpool, by the way. Like he was a really good player at sort of getting in the box and create and being, you know, allowing, you know, to play underneath that creative front three that Liverpool had. But it just didn't work because I don't think Wijnaldum is as good at making the runs. And PSG are such a team that offensively that relies on making runs out of midfield with their attacking group that I think Wijnaldum just sort of got lost in all that. But Sanchez, I think, is a better um, – it's just a better option for that. Like, he's a better – he's better at making the runs. He can play a little – you know, he's more active in, in just being a midfielder in general. Like, Wijnaldum was just sort of a glorified 10. And I don't know if he was a glorified anything. Yeah, but no, but I think his – you know, he really was somebody that just sat behind the front three and tried to pick up the pieces which is not sort of what PSG are built to do. It's not like Liverpool where those it's just a it's a different it's a different mix. But um there was a nice save there from uh not, Donnarumma. I I think you're right. Sergio Ramos definitely um a key part upgrade, of this. They, yeah, everything they've done this year has been an upgrade, I think. They haven't really yeah. taken a step back. In, they've only but, gotten better. And and I think what's important Sorry, go ahead. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They've only gotten better at, you know, the positions that they're looking, you know, they've upgraded. And I think Donnarumma, this year Donnarumma is an upgrade because I think he's playing well. We'll see if he keeps it up. But, like, so far, I, I have to say, you know, and look at a game like this. Last year, PSG struggled really mightily against high quality league on teams. They just did. And right now they're surviving so far. We'll see if it stays this way, but like Lille are actually giving them a good 
pushed. Like Jonathan getting... David has been playing well. He's the the striker for Leo. He's had a couple of chances. Tested Donnarumma. He he's a Canadian international. He's a fantastic player. I wanted him at PSG, but uh, he's been Donnarumma seems calm right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he seems like his he's sitting there. None of these none of these shots are really worrying him. And the only thing with Donnarumma, and I think that again, this is obvious after last March against Real Madrid. Is he good enough with the ball at his feet? And it's not like Kaylor Navas was like this amazing player with it at his feet. You know, he's not Manuel Neuer, but Navas was better and he was good enough. Like Donnarumma has to develop that part of his game because so much of what teams do now is that goalkeeper has to be able to play the ball at his feet, at least right. enough to get away with it. To build out from and, the back, he, and the goalkeeper is going to be pivotal, yeah. pivotal in and, that. So, and, and there's been times where he's been shaky with the ball at his feet. He just he waits too long, or he hesitates, and they close him down, and he it just looks he always looks like he's half a second away from losing the ball. Oh, another chance for PSG. Well, I I, I think to what you're saying, I think all of that is is absolutely true, but I think. It cannot be overstated enough that PSG really do have the two best fullbacks in my eyes in the well, world. Yeah, and, you're about to see that happen right now. Yeah, and Hakimi and Nuno Mendes, uh, our friend Carl Oscar Kalstrom has said that uh, in in just three games, Mendes has already exceeded his uh, assist what tally. What, have you seen it yet? Yeah, I just saw Hakimi scored. I mean, he. Well, no, it, but you see how much he just bullies <laughs> that guy off the ball. Like that's that's like a forward. Yeah. Like. That's what that's what a forward does. Like, just he doesn't. He, they can't play him. Like, if if Akimi's doing that, like, good lord. Like, <laughs> I, I can't stress this enough. How good this team is. Like, they are running over. They, they might. I don't know. Let's see what Turpon does because they're showing the rep, <laughs> which is always a bad sign. It's a, that's when VR is getting involved. It was Neymar over to Hakimi, just shrugged them off and scored and. Unbelievable, unbelievable, and I think just having those two players—they're the best in the world in, in my eyes. Mendez, I—I I don't think there's another left back I would rather have. Alfonso Davies, maybe at, at Bayern Munich. I don't even know if I would take I mean, him over Mendez. There's some that are better right now. I think uh, who though? Jeff, who? Cancelo's a better. Cancelo's a left back, right? And so is Trent Alexander Arnold. I wouldn't take Trent over Mendez right well, now. Well, no, I wouldn't take them in the long term. I mean, this season. No, I wouldn't even take him this season. I think Mendez is that good. I think he is. No, I think he's going to be the best fullback in the world. He's unbelievable. Years. Yeah. No, he's he's incredible. Like, so people on our Discord are already saying Gautier, like the goat. You know. Yeah. Maybe a little too so, early. Let's I, see what he does in the Champions League. Gautier, I like that actually. Like that 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 should be a thing. All hail Gautier. Um, we'll see how how the uh, Champions League campaign goes, but three 0 PSG, uh, forty minutes gone in the first half. Mark, we're gonna get out of here. That way we can get a cold beverage at halftime and enjoy the second half. But any last yeah, words on Penalty Gate, PSG, how PSG are playing, what you're looking forward to, anything? Well, you know, we should probably are we are we close enough to the Champions League draw where we can where we can sort of see what that looks like. Cause I feel like we're close. I think that draw is going to be on. I feel like that draw is going to be on Friday. Uh, looking like that up Thursday. right now. All right. When is champions league draw? Do, do, do. All right. Clicking on an article. Let's see what it says. Looking, looking, looking. Why can't they just tell you at the top of the article? This is riveting for people to listen to. Yeah, this is great radio. <laughs> And I think I clicked on an old article. This is stupid. This is just clickbait. Just tell me when it is. I can just look. Just go Google Champions League. Draw. I did, and I clicked on the first article, and it was terrible. Okay, August twenty fifth. Um, Thursday. So the yeah. draws on Thursday. So I think it's good, and I think we should talk about it before we get out of here. Okay. Um, PSG okay, so- are in pot one. So they yeah. can't be drawn against any other team in that pot, which would include Real Madrid, Man City, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, Porto, and Ajax. Okay, so really the, the question is who's who's pot two? Liverpool, really, Chelsea. Liverpool, Chelsea, Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico, Sevilla, Leipzig, Tottenham. I love all those teams. I would that's love good, to play any good, of them. That's a strong pot two. Yeah, I guess I – 
I Liverpool would be a good test. I'd love to see how we we face off against them because they're kind of like really attack minded like us. I think it'd be entertaining to watch. I don't want Chelsea and Tuchel. I'm so tired of Tuchel's crap, and I'm just over well, him. Well, no, because Tuchel's going to try to win the game one nothing because that's that's <laughs> what he tries to do. They're going to try to win the game one nothing. I actually think you saw it. Yes, you saw it. If they fall, you saw it today. If you watch them play uh, a little bit, yeah, I saw it. They, they once you once they fall behind, they're done. Like they just can't. They can't come back because they don't have the firepower. They time waste in like with like thirty minutes left. I, I, I mean, watched a few. It has become like the German Simeone. Like <laughs> it's insane. Like how he went from like being this great offensive tactician who's going to revolutionize football to being Diego Simeone. He's just it's the like worst. It's, it's, I guess Barcelona would be fun. Oh. Barcelona would be fun just because they still can't register uh, players because they're broke. So that's always fun. They got all these new players that they just can't afford. So they would be fun to play against. Uh, Tottenham, I think we would crush them. But yeah, I guess crush Tottenham. Although, yeah, I think at this point, seeing the way this is going, we're probably going to crush every one of these teams. Yeah, Liverpool would be the only one that I'd be like, mm, that could be tough. Uh, we're, oh, what a goal from Neymar. Look at this. Off the volley. Jesus. Like that. So we've had goals from Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, and Hakimi. It's 4 nothing. We're not <laughs> even out of the first half. And here I thought Leo was going to be like tough. I thought maybe 2 1 PSG, but someone just threw, they're throwing things in Leo. They something hit Neymar in the back of the head. And well, if this was any other. Galtier is not even express. He's just like. No. I, I I will admit, and it's it's still early. I'll admit that I had questions about Christophe Galtier and if he was you know capable of doing this. Kind apologize of thing. now, apologize. I'm apologizing. He's <laughs> capable. He's very capable of this. Like when you have these kind of players and you you stay out of their way and you just are able to be just mildly competent. Holy crap. He look he's sitting on the bench with like this mindless stare like he's watching like a home shopping network and he's just sitting there staring. Like and <laughs> he does not care. He's like, "Yep, this is what I expected. Let's go home." And it's like PSG's pressing has been outstanding the last 3 weeks. I don't know what he's oh, doing. I don't know. I think he's just being reasonable. But anyway, who's in that third pot? If we just we don't need to know about the fourth pot, but who's in that third Champions League pot? Because that's the interesting one too. All right, all right. So that was pot two. We talked about. So obviously, I think PSG are better than Barcelona. I think PSG are better than the only team I think in there that they're probably not as that they're probably even with is Liverpool. Mm -hmm. So Liverpool, Chelsea would be tough. But no, but no Mane, and you've got um, Nunes. So I'm high on him. I I think he's a really good player, but. yeah, so Liverpool pot, would definitely be a, a challenge. So who's pot three? Pot three, we've got Dortmund, Salzburg, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Inter, Napoli, Sporting, and Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, no one in there. Sk- no, no one in there really. Maybe Inter with um, maybe Inter Lukaku. Maybe Inter's an interesting one. I could see that. Dortmund, just with their fans. I remember the last time we went there, they worked us. I mean, they had Holland at that point. But, you know, with their fans, you, you always worry about that atmosphere and how our players would react to that. So, And then, you know, pot four, you've got so far Bruges and, and Celtic. And uh, Marseille is going to be down in pot three or four. So, um, yeah, if I had to go through, I'd love to see a group that maybe involved Liverpool. I'd love to play them just because... Um, It'd be high profile. It'd probably be the game of the day that it was on, and it'd be a really good test for this team. That's my whole thing. I'm done like hiding from teams like, oh, I hope we don't get Liverpool. I want them. I want to be tested. I want to see how good this team really is. So I hope we do get Liverpool there. Uh, you know, sure. What the heck? Let's throw Dortmund in in pot three or Inter. Let's. I want all the the most difficult teams. Let's be tested. Let's have some great matches in the Champions League group stage. Well, the first half is now over. Um... You have to be confident. You yeah. have to be saying, "Okay, this is this is for real. This mm-hmm. is, you know, this is this is a team that's going to be very good." They, does it mean they're going to win the Champions League? I don't, I don't know. That's way too early to tell. Injuries, suspensions, you never know. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think 
and this is what I'm saying, though. We can stop with this penalty nonsense because look at how they're playing. Let's just – what does it look like on the field, right? Do we have to worry about who takes the fucking penalties if we're scoring four goals in the first half against what's arguably supposed to be a good team? Um, no, I, I think with the way this team is playing, who cares? I mean, let Donnarumma take the penalties at this point. <laughs> like, it doesn't even matter. This team is playing so damn good. But again, it's like, is this because it's just Leo and Lee Gun? That's why I want really good teams in the Champions League group they're stage. they're on the road, too. Like, I, exactly, the road exactly. In a tough place to play. Remember, even when they were good, you know, in 29, they lost to this team 5-1. Remember that when they lost to this team 5-1? Yep. And Gaultier beat them a bunch of times. and Like, this is, yeah. Yeah, and, and we say, oh, it's just league on. But like you said, we won the league last season, but it didn't really feel that way. We lost the league to Lille the season before. So it's like we haven't dominated in this sense for quite a while. I don't even think under Tuchel we were dominating. I mean, you really have to go back to the the Blanc days when we were just just routing teams four, five, six nil. Um, it feels yeah. good. It feels good. It Let's feels ride this wave of positivity for a while. Um, Mark, we'll just go ahead and get out of here. We'll enjoy the second half. Um, it should be good. I'll get working on this podcast and get it up. I know a lot of people have been listening. Um, thank you to everyone who's been visiting the site. Traffic's been unbelievable. So thanks for reading the articles and all that. Thanks for listening to the podcast when we finally get them up. Thanks for being patient with us. Um, Mark, any last word? Let people know how they find you on um, on Twitter. They can find me at MarkDamon9 where I will be making notes on this second half. Hopefully we see some some subs here, a good, good rotation, good chance to get it after a rewarding dominant. I mean, they could score seven or eight in this game if they want. We'll see if Galtier sort of shuts it down in the yeah. second half. But you can it, follow me at Mark Damon 9. There we go. If Leo comes back, we may have to jump on for an emergency podcast and go against everything we just said. Um, yeah. But hopefully that doesn't happen. All right, Mark, we'll Let's get out of here. We're not live. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much, Mark. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Au revoir for now.